0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in downtown Tempe, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I'm your host, Karen Nowicki, and I am excited to introduce to you my longtime friend and PA, Barb Regis with Ask the PA, your healthcare advocate. Welcome
0: to the studio, Barb. Hey, thank you so much, Karen. It's a really a pleasure to be here and an honor to be here as well. Well, I'm excited.
1: I uh, We've known each other for quite some, I
0: want to say six years. Has it
1: been that long? Yeah, about six
0: years. Yeah. Uh, a little running group that we uh, met through and some
1: friends. Yep. And we've stayed good friends ever since then and have had an opportunity to get healthy together and share some wine together. <laughs> And wine, sometimes we even wine. And wine at the wine, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) W-H-I-N-E. And today, I'm really looking forward to learning and hearing more about Ask the PA. So tell us, why Ask the PA and how did you land here?
0: Ask the PA uh, is something that evolved from 20 years of experience practicing medicine in Arizona. And what was really interesting for me was the fact that as I was practicing, certain questions came on over and over and over again. And I got into certain situations with patients over and over again. And all I wanted to do when people were having even conversations that I would overhear is I wanted to launch in and say, hey, I've got the answer and I've got some thoughts for you. And so over the years, as the PA evolved, essentially been in practice for 20 years. And I have a unique situation in fact that my father was a doctor, and so he practiced out of the house. And also frankly, um, I was thinking about going to medical school, but I ran into a PA and saw how the PA practiced and I really engaged with him to say, hey, this could be a really unique opportunity for me. So over the years, basically, I've worked at the county hospital. I've worked in the burn center. I've been in private practice. I've owned practices. I've built practices from nothing. I think I have a unique perspective in the fact that I know what it's like to be someone who is a practitioner, but also someone who is hiring and firing, somebody who's trying to pay bills. And one thing I realized is that in medicine, there's a huge disconnect. There there is a huge disconnect
1: when it comes to uh, how to be healthy, how to be well, in addition to making our way through the rigorous life of insurance. (laughs)
0: Uh, you name it. Is that the dis? Those are the disconnects you're referring to? Exactly. And what was interesting for me is that over these 20 years, I feel like I have a little bit of knowledge in all of those aspects. And it was funny, one night I was thinking about all this and it hit me like, there should be a book out there called Healthcare Survival for Dummies. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so what happened was I started writing down on a piece of paper, all the different subject matter that I'd have in that book. And so still I would like to write it up, but I've realized that healthcare evolves so quickly. And so the book would be so outdated. Hence why I was like, well, maybe, you know, I should have a Facebook page or I should do something where reach out to people all over the world and they can ask me whatever questions they want and I'll answer them. Why not? And you do. And you
1: were being humble. A few seconds ago, you said you have a little bit of knowledge in a lot of those areas. I'm going to challenge you on that. You clearly, (laughs) I've known, you've been my... uh, I can't really. call... Can I call you a doctor? Um, You've been my primary, primary care provider. You've been my primary care provider, and Mike's, and Madison's, and your wealth of knowledge and breadth of knowledge is amazing to me. Thank you. And we've all had different issues, and we've had heavy issues that we've needed to rely on your guidance to help us get through that. And I'm forever grateful.
0: And uh, it's a pleasure for me to be able to work with each and every one of my patients because, you know, honestly the disconnect is so crazy. And and I'll give you an example of that. What hurts me the most is when a new patient comes into the office and frankly, they'll get a tear in their eye and they're like, I've seen other providers. Nobody takes me seriously. I think I'm crazy. I think it's in my head and I just don't know what to do. And I can feel a sense from them that they don't trust allopathic practitioners. They don't trust MDs, DOs, physician assistants. They think that I don't know, whatever. But anyway, what happens for me is that I just like to listen to their story. And what happens most of the time is that they'll share times where the providers didn't take them seriously and times where they said something where they were very vulnerable and they were laughed at and they felt that they weren't engaged at all. And that broke my heart. And so each patient, what we try to do is take them from where they are hear the story. And what I do so many times to these patients, I apologize to them. I said, I am so, so sorry that you've had these experiences. Let me engage you. Let's try. If I can't get the answers for you, then you know what's going to happen? We're going to find somebody else out there that can. And so for me, if it's one patient at a time, if we can make a difference, that's what it's all about. And so for me, meeting your family and seeing where we were at that time and being able to help, it's never perfect, but at least provide direction. That's what it's all
1: about. Well, and that's what happened for us. Each of us had to see other care providers beyond the services that you could offer. But like you said a second ago, obviously, there's no hesitation on your part because that's what you're doing. I, I... you're that hub, you're that primary care physician right. who can help us determine what are the next steps and, and where where to go from here. So how lucky is really the world to have Ask the PA available to them? So tell us a little bit about how this works. You currently have a Facebook page and you people can just ask for advice and ask questions and you can just get them moving in the right direction for information?
0: Exactly. And Where it's evolved for me is like I had my own practice and I uh, had about 1,500 patients in which I hate to use the word I abandoned, but I went to a different position and now I'm working on site for uh, Inside Enterprises through a company called Premise Health. I have built in 1,500 plus potential patients. And for me, what's happened is is that I, I, I realized that the patients that I left behind, that they still had questions and concerns for me. And so I'm going to give you an example. I was actually, it was a Friday night and one of my patients actually was on Facebook and I saw her say, I'm having abdominal pain. I'm not sure what to do. I PM'd her and I said, hey, what's going on? And she basically told me that she had signs and symptoms of an appendicitis. So then what I did was I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go specifically to this hospital. And I'll be honest, it was Mercy Gilbert at the time. Sure. And I wanted her to go to the emergency room. And if this ended up being an appendicitis, to reach out to a specific group of doctors. It was amazing. So I was in San Diego the next morning. I was having coffee and I PM'd her. I said, hey, what's going on? She goes, um, I have appendicitis. I'm having surgery. That doctor that you told me about is going to be taking care of me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so how cool is that? And then I was on a plane flight too. And this gal hadn't been a patient of mine for three years because we didn't take her insurance. And she's telling me, she's telling all our Facebook friends about how she's having The worst headache of her life, and she's having this, and she's having that. And so I PM'd her, and I said, hey, you know, why don't you go to the ER and get yourself checked out? And it's a good thing she did, because she had the beginnings of an aneurysm. So that's where Ask the PA really evolved. It was like, okay, how do I reach out to thousands of people to get the word out? Hey, ask the question. Don't just assume. And I... I know when
1: I was not feeling well, you got on me. <laughs> I had been not feeling well for about six weeks and I kept making it about, you know, having to finish a project at work and I've got the family to care for and I can't slow down. And you said to me, you need to pay attention to to your symptoms right. and here are the specific people that you need to go go see. And what, however many weeks later, we were in the midst of, oh my goodness, there really is something going on here. And I end up in the, the hospital with an emergency surgery. And thank goodness... I had you as an advocate and my care care provider because I would not have known how to navigate the surgeons and all, all of that stuff. So you're currently working with uh, the name of the company
0: at Insight then? Uh, I work at, at Insight Enterprises. In Tempe, but the company I work for is called Premise Health. Are you loving that? Yeah, I love it. Premise Health is really unique in the sense that it is a company that has contracts with big work sites, Uh, anything from like Cummings Engine to Microsoft to Insight to, uh, you know, Motorola to just huge companies, a lot of the different pharmaceutical companies they work with. And what they do is uh, Intel, for example, um, they bring it into the clinic's healthcare and its mental health. Uh, sometimes we have um, you know, physical therapists on board. Sometimes we have psychologists on board. We have chiropractors on board. And what we try to do as a company is offer integrated medicine. In my particular office, we're really tiny. It's a tiny little office, two treatment rooms, and it's myself, an amazing medical assistant manager, and I have a registered dietitian. And at that company, what's cool is that I can reach out to the registered registered dietitian, and we can set up weight loss plans for our patients. All my diabetics get diabetic education through her because she's a diabetic educator. And what we're doing is we're trying to integrate all these great people into one place, into one service. And that's what I think is happening in medicine very, very slowly.
1: Well, and since this is Phoenix Business Radio right. and our most of our listeners are business right. owners and our executive leaders, let's can we talk to why someone like Intel, Insight, Shutterfly, any of these big businesses, why are they choosing to have
0: medical professionals at their location? Well, what's really cool is that people are on site, they're at work, they get sick at work, and what happens is a lot of times they go home, they can't get into their providers for a couple of days. Here they can get and see... See me, you know, the same day. They're missing less work. They are feeling that, you know, if there's an emergency, they can come in and see me. We had a seizure on the floor. We've had chest pain. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been able to entertain any issues and concerns really quickly. And what's happening is, is that we're also promoting a lot of wellness. So the hope is that people get healthier. They're happier. They're functioning better at work. Hence, the employer. What happens? Their uh, bottom line is improved because their insurance. Rates go down. And also what happens is they have happy, healthier uh, employees, meaning great productivity. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting. I got this
1: image of when I was a principal of an elementary school. And of course, my son, my youngest, is still in an elementary school. But all of our schools have nurses. Right. Right. And, and for the very reason that we're talking about, we want to make sure the kids are healthy and safe. We want to promote well-being and health. It would make sense that these businesses would want to have a similar right. um, opportunity on behalf of their employees. Keep them there. Keep them happy. Keep them healthy. Have their questions answered. If they have to take time to get to a doctor for a routine checkup or something out of the ordinary, they can walk down the hallway <laughs> and come see you.
0: Exactly, it really
1: is. It's a brilliant model, and as you said, it's slowly taking off. But it, it's been how long has Insight had? Do you know how long? I know you, you're two thousand
0: thirteen. Wow, yeah, or two thousand fourteen. Uh-huh. And I'm the third provider there. Yeah, yeah, and so it's cool. And we, they actually have clinics like up at Vanguard, USAA in town, and then, like I said, all over the country. What I think is really exciting is they're telling me about Cummings, like Cummings Engine. They actually have a a big um, cafeteria there, and they actually have a kitchen there, and they have a chef there that's helping teach how to cook proper meals and things like that, keep them happier, healthier, and and you know get get the obesity down. and It's it's amazing. So what's interesting with the company is that depending on what each company wants, premise is able to adapt a plan for that particular company and adapt. So it's a really cool situation, especially coming from a private practice that I owned you know for fourteen years right. to do something different like this.
1: Yeah, that's I know. When we first started running together, uh, I was at your private practice and really fell in love with the warmth, right. the extension of you know just of you. What do you think is missing? I know who you are as a provider, but
0: what do you think as a whole is missing in the patient experience? Well, it's it's pretty simple. People aren't listening. They're not engaging the patient. They're not taking. It. It's seriously sometimes, oh, there's great providers, don't get me wrong, that do engage. But what happens a lot of times is that um, people come in and just assumptions are made based on the way they look, the way they talk, the way they smile, based on previous medical records, based on sometimes just the medications they're on. And what happens is sometimes, I hate to use the word, but they're profiled. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. ah, here we go again. This is somebody who wants Percocet or here we go again. This is somebody who complains about X, Y, Z, you know, look at their chart. It's going to be like that. But, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you just sat back, just listened, no preconceived notions and take it all in and also be creative in the way you practice medicine. Think about it. Medicine in some schools these days is very evidence-based. I get that. There is a place for evidence-based medicine, Mm -hmm. but- What's happening is like the art of medicine. And remember, it's the practice of medicine is being lost with some of the graduates and with some people that are just flipping burnt out.
1: Well, and, and I, I remember we've had other physicians on in the past here at Business Radio X, and they've alluded to the struggle for themselves that in order to make to be profitable in their mm-hmm. practice in their business, they have to see so many patients, right. and so they f- have felt rushed. They right. have felt slammed, and so they they realize that there is a critical need in medical care to have the physicians spend more time with. Uh, I was going to say customers, but patients. Oh, well, they are our customers. <laughs> they, they of course, they are. Yeah. It, it is a it is, it, it a, is business, a business, but they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because. They're feeling pushed to have more and more uh, patients in their practice to be profitable and pay off their debt from their student loans (laughs) working their way through medical school.
0: Well, part of the problem is that it depends on how you negotiate your budgets with the insurance companies. So like my previous office, which I'm extremely proud of, Renaissance Family Medical Care, We are a small office, so we would negotiate with uh, companies like Aetna Blue Cross Blue Shields and our reimbursements for a physical exam or a level like 213 of care was probably maybe half to three quarters of what someone like a dignity or a signet can do, you know, for theirs because it's powers and numbers. Mm -hmm. And so you go into the idea of having to practice with like, oh, mine's going to be so different. It's going to be so awesome. We're going to be able to do this, 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 and this. And then you realize the money's not coming in the door fast enough to meet all those needs. And it gets really disheartening. And that's why a lot of times practices close or they are bought out by the banners or the dignities of this world. And it's really sad because you have illusions that it's going to be such an awesome thing and you get beat up. Yeah.
1: How You mentioned that your father was a doctor and practiced out of his home. This must have been a small little
0: town. It was. Because you're not that old. It was. The the town was, uh, and, and my dad is 95 years old, and he yeah. still has huge opinions about medicine today. Uh, the town was uh, Coopersburg, Pennsylvania, and we lived on Main Street. And right below my bedroom was his office. And patients came in with appointments, without appointments. Uh, many a time, the door would, uh, someone would knock on the door at 2 o'clock in the morning, and basically say, hey, is Doc up there? I need to be seen. Uh, at that time, there was no EMS. So literally when my dad had a patient who needed to go to the hospital, yeah. he'd take them in his car. Or if uh, And really what was sad back in the uh, 70s was like sometimes there was no ambulance. So actually the uh, mortician would bring his vehicle along and take really? him to the hospital or whatever. And so it was a really unique period of time. He, I, I'm really proud of my dad. He not only was the family physician, but he was the psychologist. He was the town, you know, a town advocate, he he fought the fight for so many years. He charged for his office visits, I believe, $9. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Yeah, $9. And people would bring cakes, chickens, all sorts of food to the house. And I think that was instead of getting paid. It was interesting times back then. It was fun Yeah, as and, a kid watching it. Right. Well, and it's influenced you. Oh, yeah. In,
1: in your, which... I've always known that, but this is the first time that I've really heard you articulated in that way that you've just created this picture and this image for me of this little town with your dad's practice and how he served the community and how they really repaid and acknowledged him. It is not very different than who you are through
0: ask the PA and the work that you've done. Right. I love it. There's a specific story that um, brings a tear to my eye, actually. Um, I was in fifth grade at the time. The school was uh, not too far from the house. And I was in the uh, basement in the cafeteria. And all of a sudden, we heard this big boom. I was like, oh, my goodness, what happened? So all the kids were supposed to go out in the playground. And so we went out in the playground. And there was this huge puff of smoke. And it was coming from an apartment building. And so they checked on the kids, made sure the kids were safe. Back then, they just sent us home. Yeah. So I got home, and all of a sudden, there was all these people in my house. And I was like saying to my mom, I'm like, what's going on? She goes, your dad is uh, down at the explosion right now, and he's helping out. He's helping the firefighters, and he's helping um, aid, and he's also helping recover. And I go, well, what does that mean? Well, these people are waiting to hear if their family members are okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. It was um I learned so much. My mom was giving them coffee and cake. My dad was down there working hard. People were coming back and forth. And they were such givers for the community. And And that's why it was like, you know, the advocacy thing. It's like he went the extra mile to take care of people and to be there when somebody needed him. And that is something that probably makes me, drives me because I they were the example that was just amazing for me.
1: I know that's why you got into business for yourself, and oh, yeah. and and opened your practice, yeah. and obviously for a variety of reasons have moved on, right. but have never lost no. that desire, that passion, and that purpose right. to make a huge difference right. in the lives of people and their wellness and their health. Thank you. Yeah, a- which is again why Ask the PA came to fruition.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So what is your solution for the over 20 million folks, many of which are middle class with no health insurance? Do I even dare ask a question like that?
0: I'm excited you asked because this is a solution that actually came up with over 10 years ago, Hmm. nine years ago. And I actually wrote a letter to uh, President Obama when he was running, um, to everybody that was running for office. I wrote a letter, the same letter to everybody in the Senate, everybody in the House and to local people. Here's the deal. Behind closed doors, day after day after day, I would see the middle class. I would see people that were hardworking people that had no health insurance. And they ended up in the hospital. And what happened, first of all, is they ended up either going bankrupt or they ended up begging for some sort of deal to pay off their bills. And there was two problems with it. And there still is two problems with it. First of all, the bills are ridiculous because they're based on this usual and customary rate, which is Absurd. It's based on actually um, workman's comp, so that the physicians and, and the hospitals and everybody get paid enough. Okay, so what happens is you go in there and your kid has appendicitis, and before you're done, it's sixty thousand dollars. Whereas if you had health insurance, it would be probably about eight to ten. Mm-hmm. And you know, some for most people, credit card that's workable. So not, the not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. And that's the scary part. And so what happened was is that I had two premises to this letter. The first premise was if you're a taxpaying citizen in this country, that you should be billed Medicare rates if you go into the hospital or if you go and see a physician and you have no health insurance. Mm-hmm. That was the first step. But the second step was, hey, we've got a program in place. Hey, I get people that have no health insurance, that have very limited incomes, that qualify for programs like ACCESS, and I get the people that are in Medicare and that kind of thing. But what about that sandwich group of millions of people? Those are the people that are more than willing to pay their share. Over and over and over again, it was like, if it just was fair, if it was just workable. So the deal is real simple. Take Medicare, expand it down, give people an opportunity to either uh, compete with the private insurance, or what we do is we extend it people pay a certain amount per month based on their income into a huge pot. That pot will go towards people's healthcare expenses once they reach a certain deductible based on their income. So like, let's say you're someone who makes $50,000 and let's say you can't afford healthcare because the insurance premiums are just ridiculous. Then let's say um, you have to pay out of pocket for you and your family, $200 a month. Okay, so $200 a month, that's $2,400 a year most people never use their health insurance. So think of $27 million and let's take $100 per person per month. That is a lot of money. That ends up being billions of dollars that would go into the pot. And so then what happens is that what people worry about is the big catastrophic stuff. They can pay for a pap smear. They can pay to have their kids seen for a you know a strep infection, but they can't Pay for the big stuff. And this would help cover them for once they hit that threshold for the big stuff. Then the second part is then the insurance companies can come back in and they could go, okay, just like they do with Medicare, let's do a supplement. Will, for you, because you're paying this X amount, $200, $250 for your family, we're going to go ahead and let's say for an additional $50, we'll do a supplement and basically you won't even have to go and pay towards your deductible. It's fair it would sure up Medicare for sure. I, I know it would. I crunched the numbers. And I actually talked to a couple accountants, a couple other people. It would sure up Medicare. And frankly, it probably would help shore up Social Security. And people would be self-insuring themselves and keeping the private insurance companies out of it. And you know what? Then guess what may happen? The private insurance companies may actually wake up and say, hey, Maybe we can negotiate and make a a fair deal for people because what's going on in this country, and I have a real passion about this, is not fair and it needs to stop. And the lobbying in Washington, D.C. needs to stop and it needs to stop now because we as a country have got to decide the one fundamental question. And that question is, is insurance a right or an entitlement? Or is it just something that you just have to pay for because you're privileged or not privileged? I guess that didn't come out exactly right. Oh, no,
1: it it came out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of information. And yet, for someone who is not savvy and and struggles with the whole math and the concept, it makes a lot of sense. It makes complete sense. Mike and I are both self-employed. Right. So we've had to go out and find our own insurance. I mean, right. when I in the school district years ago, of course, that was a no-brainer. It just came with my salary. Right. But we've really, we've had to struggle. <laughs> and for a right. family of five, right. you know, who has typically been healthy up until these last couple of years, right. we've had some challenges. Uh, we, it, like many people, we we're like, is it really worth paying this ridiculous premium for all of us to be healthy right. and not even use it? We've always kept it, thank goodness. Right. But um, it, it sounds like a phenomenal solution to a, uh, obviously a problem that just continues to elude all of us.
0: And the sad part is everything's built in to do. It's it, it would be a very simple it's already solution. There. It's there. Yeah. You just uh, you know, have an additional I hate to use the word taxation or fear, or something like that. But again, what I'm hearing over and over from people is that they just are so scared that they're gonna lose everything over that one catastrophic event. It's it's just really, really sad that people have to feel so threatened in a great country like ours.
1: Yeah. You talked earlier about um, the work that you're doing with patients, and a lot of it is uh, helping them get healthier, really getting control of their nutrition, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure that they have the right medication if they have to be on medication, not just prescribing medication because that's the thing to do. Right. Right. What would you say that really overall that you're seeing Oh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, our lights just went off in the studio because they're on a, a timer. And if we don't move a lot, you and I must be sitting in the same position. Yeah, there go. Lights back on. Woo! That's right. It's a little light show here today. Um, so with the patients that you see, um, do you find that, is it the old conversation around exercise and, and eating better? What is, what's going to help us get healthy? So that's a crazy question
0: to ask. Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it is a loaded question. But what do you what do you find most? What I find most is that people are pretty stressed out. Okay, and they're uh, eating improperly, and they're you know jumping for fast food, and they're jumping for things that probably they wouldn't normally do because they're just so quickly moving and trying to make deals and do their whole thing. It's interesting. What I'm seeing is a group of people that are really. Exercising all the time. And because they're doing that for their stress reduction and they're doing it just to kind of maintain sanity because, you know, they're spending a lot of time, you know, trying to make deals and it's stressful and stuff like that. And I get that. Um, But you also have these others that, like, it's just amazing that no matter what, they just don't want to get healthy. Um, What was cool in our office this year is we launched the biometrics for all of Insight and we actually saw over 900 patients so far. And what we did was we engaged them one by one. And when I saw lab results, I kind of profiled them a little bit and I said, hey, let me guess your exercise. Hey, let me guess you don't exercise. Let me guess you were just at McDonald's yesterday. And it was kind of but funny. you could tell based on their biometric yeah, results. Can their you, cholesterol. Can we back
1: up and tell the audience what biometrics is?
0: Okay. Biometrics is a, a program that a lot of uh, employers have uh, and they do it for many people Reasons to get deductibles, uh, to get cheaper insurance rates, to see how healthy their particular group of employees is, and then it helps them make decisions as far as wellness programs and plans moving forward. And so, uh, many companies require that of their of their. Their employees, but the cool thing is, a lot of times, if you do it, you get if you have an HSA account, health savings account, they will put money into the account for you as an incentive to do it. So it's free money. Mm -hmm. So you spend five five minutes with us, and basically, you just got five hundred dollars put in your account. Pretty sweet deal for their HSA accounts. Yeah.
1: So from the employee perspective, I come in to do my biometrics Mm -hmm. appointment, and you're taking my weight, my blood pressure. I mean, what what else does include a blood blood work? Yeah, we do Uh we
0: do a cold stick machine, a finger stick, and we do glucose, and then we do a total cholesterol. So we check uh, total cholesterol, HDL, LDL, triglycerides, uh, and then we can look at r- ratios and just give recommendations back based on that. So what's really interesting is, is that not every skinny person is healthy. No. Not every obese person is unhealthy. is unhealthy. And so stop. we need to stop the judgment. Because there's a lot of genetic code that plays into that. But everybody, we all are in agreement that everybody should exercise. I don't care if you're the most healthiest person in the world. You still should exercise because it's great for stress. It's great for keeping your body to, you know, risks of cardiac and osteoporosis for women. It goes on and on and on and on. And so basically, it was really fun doing these biometrics though, because we pegged a lot of people. It was just like, you exercise all the time. Yeah, how did you know? I just go, your HDL is through the roof. It's like 80, 90. And the only way it's going to get elevated like that is if you either have an amazing genetic code or you exercise. And then I'd have other people where their triglycerides would be like, you know, very high. And it could be thyroid disorder, but it could be, you know, just just their diet and for them genetic as well. And, and it's interesting. Um, and Insight particular, there's the group that do and the group that don't. And what we're trying to do is work with a group that don't. And so what's cool is like what we do is working with a registered dietitian is I can refer right to her. Uh, We're keeping people, try to keep people off their cholesterol medicines Mm -hmm. um, because there's definitely nutrient therapy we can do with patients to try first. Um, And there's so many different solutions. It just depends on what the patient and what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. And what it is, is baby steps, really, really slow steps. First, getting their trust and saying, hey, yes, you're 300 pounds. Yes, it would be fabulous if we could get you to lose 20 pounds. Let's start there. But also it's not totally about the pounds. It's about, you know, your muscle mass. It's about how you feel in your clothes. It's about your self esteem. It's about cortisol levels. It's about just just how, how anxiety and stress affects cortisol levels. It all it all kind of goes together. Wow.
1: Yeah. <sighs> It's fascinating. And I again, I love that businesses more and more are taking yeah. responsibility to provide these opportunities for their employees because, of course, healthy employees means happy employees. Yeah. And happy employees means longer-term employees, right? right? And uh, I'd love to hear that. So let's go back to Ask the PA, what kind of information do you share? I mean, I, I think the other day I saw that you had a post about um, the uh, breast cancer and the BRCA test, or I,
0: I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but the BRCA but test. The BRCA yeah. test. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm still trying to reach out to people and get people to like and follow. It was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And for me, it should be Breast Cancer Awareness Day, every day, forever. Mm-hmm. And so the BRCA testing is really interesting is there's a genetic test out there that used to cost about $2,000. And now there's actually a test using saliva that... Um, Basically, with a discount, it was only $99. And I have a family history of breast cancer um, with a cousin and with an aunt and some other people. And I don't know a lot about my, my father's uh, mother because she died very early. And so for me, it was like one of the ways to engage people was to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get the test. And I'm going to, as soon as I get it, you're going to see a video of me doing the test. And then what's going to happen after that is I'm going to go ahead and give you my results and tell you. Even before the results, what my feeling is concerning what I would do given those results. Remember mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, she was very brave and right. she went ahead and went for elective you know, mastectomy and she went for elective uh, hysterectomy and, and she just went for it all. It's interesting. My mother-in-law, who's uh, deceased at this point, she was definitely somebody way ahead of her time. She had a family history of breast cancer with like several members, two sisters, a mom cousins and stuff like that and her every time her mammograms came back and this was in the early this is the 90s early 2000s they were always atypical so one day she she worked at the county hospital and one day she went to one of the plastic surgeons and said you know i'm not going to live my life this way anymore i want to go ahead and do a bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction and they were like what she goes, no, I really want to do it. There was no rocket more testing and back More and more
1: common now, but yeah. back then. Yeah,
0: she did it. And so, there was no rocket testing. There was nothing for her. But she just knew. She <laughs> just knew and she did it. Yeah. And then she, a year later, went for the hysterectomy. Um, she passed away of something else. But, you know, it was something that I really admired for her to be able to say, hey, I have these risk factors. I'm going to go for it. And so back to your question. There was an article on, I have a, a website called medicalsector.com, and basically all it is is just a ton of different articles that are fed into it, all about nutrition, exercise about kids, autism, uh, breast cancer, you name it, it's there. It's really kind of a fun little site. And so I just grabbed one of the articles and I put it on Ask the PA, and I, I said, read the article and, and, and share with me what you would do. Like, if you knew you were a BRCA positive, have you thought about it, if you have family history, what would you do and why?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, since I didn't have a lot of people responding to that, I said, Well, let's go ahead. I'm going to do the genetic testing and I'm going to be upfront with you and tell you what I would do and why. And behind closed doors, probably I've diagnosed over the last 20 years probably about 50, 60, 70 people with breast cancer. And we've all had that conversation. Are we going to go for um, lumpectomy? Are we going to go for, you know, part well, history? You know, are we going to go for mastectomy, one breast? Or are we going to go for both? Mm-hmm. And why? And it's very interesting to hear everybody's ideas and where they're coming from. And my job is to give them the information, the tools, and refer them to the right people that'll give them the answers that they're comfortable with. Not other people are comfortable with them as the and patient. No, yeah,
1: enough information and enough uh, knowledge and choices that they right. can make a wise decision.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So obviously, this is a conversation right now just around breast cancer, but really the same thing with diabetes or Mm -hmm. gout. (laughs) I have personal experience with that (laughs) with my sweet husband. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, kidney stones. I mean, really, in all the years that you've been practicing, you really do have this incredible knowledge and like you said earlier, if you don't have the answer, you're going to get people in the right direction to, exactly. to find it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is on the horizon for Ask Like in, in a perfect scenario, where would you like to see this go?
0: What i like to do is have millions of people following me. And what i like to do is be able to bring people together. Bring specialists, bring other primary care providers, bring acupuncturists, bring chiropractors, Bring nutritionists, bring dietitians, bring counselors, psychologists, and bring everybody together as great resources for people in Phoenix Metro and hopefully eventually the world. But let's start with Phoenix Metro first. Um, the other thing, you know, is that, that I didn't share with you is the other disconnects that I see is there's no communications between hospitals, uh, step down units and primary care. And, you know, I have so many examples of for another time that I could share about that. And my father almost died in the hospital because people weren't listening. Mm. And I think I'm a healthcare provider and they're not listening to me. I can't even imagine somebody with a family member in the hospital and and, and they don't even know the right questions to right. ask. And I literally had to threaten One of the doctors and say, you're going to listen to me right now, and you're going to go into that room, and you're going to treat my father with dignity and respect, and you're going to figure out what's going on because it's probably this, 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 and this. You got me? That was five years ago. He's still alive and functioning and doing really well. He almost died. And so where's Ask the PA going? To advocate for people when they're in those situations, what are the questions to ask? What are the resources in the hospital? When do you need to push the buttons and advocate and say, hey, you know, uh, did you realize my father had this, this, and this? Because they're not going to ask. They're too much in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And so it's not only just primary care questions to get more out of your healthcare experience, but it's also how to survive that healthcare madness, whether it be a hospital step-down unit or whether it be deciding um, end-of-life issues. Right. There's right. just so many different That's things. That's a whole
1: nother conversation. Yeah. yeah. What is a step-down unit? Are you saying that when someone leaves the hospital and right. they're not quite ready to go home, they might be in a...
0: Yeah, a, a rehabilitation unit oh, sure. or a step-down. And what happened with my father was is that he finally got released from the hospital. He went to a step-down unit He was admitted and they, you know, wrote him off pretty much. And so basically I got pretty upset about it. And then I realized that they didn't even read his discharge summary and they were going to give him the wrong medications. Oh my. So (laughs) luckily I saw that and I saw his med list and I said, "Uh, you are not going to give him this, this, and this. And they said, who are you? I said, I'm his daughter. And I said, and also my partner at the time is his physician. Yeah. And I said, you're not going to do it. So the discharge nurse and I got into it. And basically, she said, so uh, I can't take that from you. And I said, I'm not trying to practice medicine. I'm just telling you right now, you are not giving my father these drugs. because You're going to hurt him. And so uh, there was a big against medical advice form that was done. And I said, fine, I'll sign it. I'm his advocate. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you hurt my father. And so these are the kinds of things that are being missed, hopefully, in time as we have better electronic medical records and we have better communication. But it's amazing. Elderly people sometimes won't tell you everything the advocate has to step in and say, did you know he gets chronic this, 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 and if you give him this drug every day, he's going to be fine. But if you don't, he's going to take on you in and two days. Yeah.
1: And we wouldn't even know. No. I mean, the, the general population no. wouldn't know that. I no. mean, your dad was a physician. Yeah. You're a PA. Yeah. Thank goodness you were there as an advocate for him. And, 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 the, and still got right uh, and, the, you know, the rash back. And, and it breaks
0: my heart. And that's why I'm so compassionate about... Getting the word out to people that you have to advocate and you have to ask the questions and don't assume, don't ever assume anything. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: so often we, I've heard it over and over again from people that we, we assume that the doctor knows more than us. And of course they do when it comes to medical information, but they don't know more than us about our own health and our own well-being and and that sort of thing. We have to trust our intuition, don't we? And ask questions. Right. That's what's so great about Ask the PA, because if we're in a situation where we don't know what questions to ask, we can turn to you and say, hey, this is what's going on whether it's a headache, as you mentioned earlier, or uh, some sort of pain or discomfort or agitation or a rash, you name it, we can come to ask the PA and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm experiencing. And you're not saying that you're diagnosing people, but you're saying it could be this. And I recommend strongly that you do these things to find out.
0: Right. You you reach out to your uh, primary care provider, you need to go to the emergency room. Do you know that in your community there actually are advocates that can advocate for your family while they're in the hospital? There's some terrific advocates in East Valley. And that's what they do is their side jobs. I did not know that. Yeah, there are. And so the thing for me is like, I know I can't do everything for right. everybody, but I sure can hook people up uh, and, and, and develop those connections. You know, that's what it's all about. It's interesting. So, uh,
1: you know, in my life prior to Phoenix Business Radio, I've been a coach. I know you've known that. And the things that I teach and help guide people aren't things that they don't already know typically. And that's kind of what we're saying here. Right. Uh, it's A little different because this is at a much higher level at the medical level. But just to hear you say to somebody, hey, that headache that you're ignoring it might be your body saying that something else is going on. You've got to get to ER or to your primary physician or whoever it is. Um, it's similar to the work that I did as as a coach. People know what they want to do, but they get stuck and they right. get in their own way. Right, and that's another element of what you're offering through Ask a PA. Right. Ask the PA, I should say, the not a. Uh, ask the PA. Uh, you're giving that opportunity for people to say, okay, sometimes we need permission from somebody else. Right. Uh, we need an advocate to say, this This must be important for you
0: and you need to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, you're so right. So many times people actually know what they need to do. They just need a little prodding. It it's, it's
1: either there. fear or well, probably usually fear. <laughs> I was going to say mm-hmm. fear or, and I I ran out of the or. <laughs> but I Yeah, think
0: it's, fear or fear. Yeah. Or double fear. Right. Or just... Uh, like say fear they're scared they're afraid that this is it out of sight out of mind i'm not going to think about it it'll just go uh-huh. away um that's a big one for all of us like ah, it'll just go away yep. and then day after day it, it doesn't it's getting worse and, and what we're not aware doing, is that yeah. our habits whether it's nutrition mm-hmm. or lack
1: of exercise or movement right. or stress levels all those things and what, what is that saying that um around change that Change is the only... Oh, that's not the right thing. Um, I don't know what I'm don't going Don't ask with. me because my husband will tell you that I get everything wrong. <laughs> well, I'm... I mix I mix all these things together. I'm doing that right now too. But my point being <laughs> that, oh, if, if we don't change anything... Oh, it's the definition of insanity. If we right. don't change anything and we expect a different, different result, that's insanity. Because if nothing changes... Right. Nothing's going to change, right? I I know I totally messed that up. I love it, though. (laughs) But we should have a t-shirt about change. (laughs) Right. But the point is, is that you are making a difference in the lives of, obviously, your community. I know you mentioned a couple of times that there are patients that that were coming to your practice for years and you felt like you had abandoned them. But what the answer is, is that they can now and are following you and participating and Ask the PA on Facebook and still have you in their network. Even though, you know, you're not going to be getting paid at this point for giving them that guidance, you know that you're saving lives.
0: Right. One one patient at a time, one encounter at a time. That's what it's all about. Taking care of people and advocating. Yeah.
1: So we talked a while ago about... uh, Business and medicine, and you know the whole healthcare thing. At the end of the day, ask the PA is really a small business because whether a lot, whether or not we like it, medicine is business. Right. We, we talked about that when people have practices, they have to make money in order to keep the lights on right. and continue to serve people. So what's what's next for ask the PA as it re- relates to the business
0: end of things? That's evolving. At this point, I'm not quite sure. I think it's going to be how people respond to what we're doing. It would be great to have a coaching business, but I just don't think it's sustainable. Maybe some, some articles, some, some suggestions. Again, I think the big issue for me is trying to figure out a way to connect people with each other and get their stories out. And, and maybe in that. In that light, what will happen is one thing will evolve to another and we never know. That's the cool thing about what we do and like in your business and what you're doing, Karen, which I think is amazing for all of us and for me to have the opportunity to be here tonight is amazing, is that you don't know where it's going to go in six months. But that's okay. I agree. And so you just just take it one day at a time and go, okay, that worked. Oh, that didn't work.
1: But And we're being led. We know we have a passion. Right. We know we have a purpose. We may not have um, the platform figured out. Right. You know that I haven't had the platform figured out until recently. Where right. Obviously, Business Radio X just fell out of the sky for me, and I'm so grateful. It's a cool story. It, it is. Uh, another day. This is your your time right. in the spotlight. But I think um, what you're saying is you've been at this for not just the Ask the PA uh, piece, but you've been a provider for how long? Twenty years. Yeah. So yeah. you keep being led, you keep listening, and you continue to respond. And you know that whatever is next on the horizon is going to be that an addition, additional way to
0: continue to help people again stay well and get healthy, right? And hopefully also save money in their healthcare experience. Oh. And so I have some videos on there about that, how they can save money um, as far as prescriptions and to. Get away from the idea of my insurance says this, my insurance says that. Utilize your insurance for what you need it for, but you can pay cash for certain things and you'd save a lot of money. And so I do have a lot of that as part of Ask the PA.
1: You know, uh, I was picking up a prescription for Madison the other day, and it was ridiculously expensive and not covered by insurance. And the pharmacist actually looked at it as she was ringing up and went, oh, my gosh. She said, my daughter is on this, too. We don't pay that much. She said, you need to get on. And she gave me a
0: website name. I I would never
1: have known that.
0: And I can almost guarantee that website name is on On Ask the PA It's there in a video. Go find it, like, and share. And basically, that's, you know, we've taught. But what's really cool is that insight. This is the other thing I do is I say, listen, here's this app. Download it. And so I go, this is what I'm going to prescribe for you today. And basically, what we do is we look it up on the app. And they go, oh, my goodness, $4 for 30 pills? $10 for Yeah, it's on this plan. Go for it. We've probably saved employees over there thousands of dollars. Already. I'll give you a quick example of that. There's a gal who was on Imitrex. She didn't want to come in and see me for an appointment. She was not happy that I requested, but I was, you know, writing her script like I need to meet you and stuff like that. She shared with me that she was paying for nine Imitrex, which went generic, by the way, but still somehow she was paying this ridiculous amount. It was like $170 for nine pills. So, and she had kind of an, Jeez. and I said, well, there's other things we do besides image track. She goes, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't afford it. it went on and on and on. I go, so I happened to get my phone out and I happened to grab that app and I grabbed it. And I said, how about if I could tell you that you could get nine pills for $17? Oh my gosh. She said, what? How is that? Said, in, yeah. Look, she jumped at her seat, gave me a big hug, <laughs> said she loved me. Um, yep. She would be. After I not a-? wanting to come <laughs> exactly. see you. Exactly. She goes. She took a paper prescription, and she's like one of my biggest advocates at Inside. It,
1: well, you to just this sa- day. saved mm-hmm. her
0: what hundred yeah. over
1: a hundred dollars every month. Mm-hmm. What is that particular medication for? Amid- uh, for migraine
0: headaches. Oh my god! I had a gal today come in, and she was distraught because she and her daughter uh, need EpiPens, and as you know, EpiPen prices went through the yes. roof. She got a quote through the insurance for four hundred dollars for a EpiPen. I said, wait a second, that's crazy. And I knew it was still really expensive. And I know there's some other alternatives. So I said, for kicks, I got the app out. Boom, 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 boom. I go, how about if we could get you two EpiPen auto-injectors for $120? Oh, my God. And gosh. to me, that's still expensive for it is, but, but in comparison. <laughs> yeah. She, again, got out of her seat. I can do that. I can afford it. Give me the prescription. I'm so excited about it. We're we're on. We got it. Because and so, the
1: alternative is ridiculous to yeah. so not have your EpiPen for that yeah. that chance that you're going to yeah. need it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, that's the fun part. That's yeah. the fun part about what I do and every it, day. It, it, I know it yeah. is. I, I, yeah. What a pleasure to have you in the Thank studio you. today and talk about Ask the PA and all the great work that you're doing. Can you tell our listeners how to find you out on
0: the World Wide Web? Well, go to Facebook. Push in, ask the PA, and it'll show right up. Um, I'm also Barb, Barb Regis uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, I also am on Twitter. Uh, on my Twitter account, it's Barb Ask the PA. Uh, Same on Instagram, too, I think. Instagram, yeah. Barb asked the PA because somebody else has it out there, and I've got to reach out to them and say, hey, come on, you haven't used it for four years. Can you give it to me? Um, I have the website called med- medicalsector.org, and basically you reach me through that. And what's really cool with that is that uh, you can read some articles, and then you can give me opinions on that. And I look forward to engaging anyone and everybody, and don't hesitate to ever ask me a question because that's what it's all about. It is. Thank you so much, Karen. Oh my gosh, I'm happy to share you with the world. No, I'm happy that you invited me (laughs) on because you know I'm just asked the PA.
1: (laughs) I I know. Well, again, just that's that's that humble Barb here. Uh, And what's really cool is Insight is truly blessed to have you. Thank you. Uh, So is the company that contracts with Premise Health. I don't know why I keep forgetting that Premise. Premise Health
0: is is my boss. They're amazing. They've been very supportive of my transition. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to work on this inside at uh, Inside Enterprises in Tempe.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So you've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio with Business Radio X. Some media leans left, some leans right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki.